Justification is not only God forgiving the record of sins against us, and it is more than God wiping clean that record. It's God writing a new record for us that is all about the righteousness of Jesus Christ so that when God looks at us, he sees us through Jesus' own righteousness. This is God's gracious gift to us. It's free, but it costs an awful lot. Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its associate fellowship, the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about how God is using us to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting, go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about our local church, go to breadoflifeboise.org. In Romans chapter 3, verse 24, we are told that the Christian is justified freely by the grace of God through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Now, it is this notion of redemption that establishes the cost of our justification. And it was expensive just not for us. We begin to, whether we know it or not, we begin to enforce judgments upon them. We figured out who they are and we start treating them as we figured out who they are, right? God knows exactly who you are and the substance of what you are. God knows the depth of your sin, which is described in Romans 3 verses 10 through 18. But God has not dealt with you. God has not engaged you according to what he knows of your sin. God, in spite of that, has continued to be merciful and gracious to you and to pour benefits out upon you. And he's done this in order that he might lead you to the full measure of his grace. If you would put your faith in God, would pour out upon you all of his righteousness so that you could stand before him clothed and cloaked in the perfect and complete righteousness of God. This is wonderful and this is true. And He's a God who makes righteous the unrighteous, who makes just the unjust in the fullest expressions of his graciousness. That's where this giving God and this gracious God is incessantly pouring out benefits and blessing upon his creation, brings us to the full expression of that graciousness when he pours over us and upon us his own perfect righteousness. That's what it means to be justified. Justified is in a sense when I'm living under the complete and utter and finished work of the gracious tide that God would pour out upon us from himself. It's all from God's nature. See, it's not just, well, I don't work for this, I receive it as a gift. That's true. That's true. You don't work for your salvation, you receive it as a gift. But it's a gift that comes out of the fullness of this tremendously gracious God that you'll never understand. Because that's true. And if you live in that grace, one of the applications to me is you better be very gracious with other people. That would be suitable for us. Instead of labeling people's sins and then calculating how we're going to treat them according to what we know about them or what we think about them or our conclusions about them, why don't we try treating them in the same gracious way that God has always treated us? Continuing to be good and continue to be gracious and continue to be kind in order hopefully to draw us to a moment in time in which we would, under the stream of the goodness of God, repent and turn to Him and receive the final you might, might say the final expression of that graciousness, all of his righteousness poured out upon us. God, that's what I want for these other individuals. That's what I'm praying for. I know what they're like. I know what they do. I know what their behaviors are. I know what the patterns of the sin are. But oh God, teach me to treat them like you treated me and you treat me. Oh God, 
fill me with expressions of grace, your grace. Oh God, in their life, bring them to the day, the hour, the moment when they by faith receive your Son and believe in Him and find in Him all of their righteousness and their sins are forgiven and they're exonerated. The slate is wiped clean and then you write in all of your righteousness over them. And that's how they live and they'll ever live before you. That should be our desire. Well, we look at these things and we see that God has brought to us this justification, this gracious expression, but He doesn't do it by simply saying, I think I'll just justify these people. I'll just say the word and they'll be justified. He doesn't do it just with a declaration. He does it through a medium. This justification he brings to us is free to us, but it is costly. But he pays the cost himself. And so it goes on to say in this passage, we are being justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. And that word redemption is referring to a price that was paid in order that we might be given this and receive this free justification. And the price that was paid is that Jesus came and he paid the price of our sins. We look at these justification, redemption. If you're like me and you went to seminary and you've kind of grown up in the church and you read your Bible, you know these definitions really well. And because you know them well, it's easy for you to just say, I know what that means and gloss over it and move forward, but let's not. Redemption here is, it's a picture of an individual who's being bought back from slavery, from bondage. In this case, the Lord Jesus comes along and he finds us bound in the slavery that we have sold ourselves to because of our own sins, the bondage of our own sins, and living in a world that's bound by sin around us. And he finds us in this enslaved state, and he purchases us and sets us free from that bondage and that slavery. But the price that he pays to set us free is his own life. He gives his life instead of our life, and he enters into the, our sin in order that he might release us from it. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Let me read these to you. Knowing that you are not redeemed, that is, you're not bought back from your slavery with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers. You learned how to sin. You learned it from your moms and dads. But with the precious blood, you redeem with the precious blood the costly precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The other day I was looking at and they were discussing the life of a galley slave in the Roman world. And the galley slave was chained at the bottom of the boat and he lived at the bottom of the boat and he ate at the bottom of the boat and he slept at the bottom of the boat and he drank and he didn't move from that seat. And he was there all the time that he was out pulling the Roman navy around their boat and until they came into port, and then he was released for a period of time to be put in a holding cell until he's brought back and chained there again. And he lived there and he died there. They pointed out that it was even worse if you were a galley slave to one of the different Middle Eastern powers other than the Roman power because you never were removed from that place. Even when the boat came into port, you remained chained in that boat, in the belly of that boat, and you lived there until you died. That's the slavery. That's the idea of slavery that... Christ has entered into, set us free from. I'll go there and I'll take your place and I'll set you free and I'll redeem you. I'll redeem you with my life for your life and your place. But there's a little something more here. It says we're redeemed in Jesus Christ. A person may die in your place. It happens. An individual may take the bullet that you should have taken, take the punishment you should have taken. There's some wonderful stories like that in history which individuals have given their life for another person and sacrificed their life for another person, fallen on a grenade or whatever it is, and 
that person has sense, that moment of death, they were redeemed from that moment of death by that person paying the cost of their own life. And yet the next day, they had to wake up to live their life again. And who knew? Who knows? Maybe another grenade will fall before them the next day and their life will be required of the next day and they were redeemed for a moment or an hour. That person gave his life, but they're gone now. And now you've just got to go on with your life and hope that you don't face the payment later on. But here it says we're redeemed in Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus not only redeems us and gives us his life in our place for our sin, but he gives his life for us not only to set us free from the bondage we're in, but to take us up into himself. He's risen from the dead and he's alive. And our redemption is secured in him. I'm redeemed in Christ. I'm brought into Christ. I'm brought out of slavery and I'm brought into him. And he ever lives. He's always accomplished the victory and it always stands on my behalf. So my redemption is secure forever. I'm not redeemed one day and then lost the next. I'm redeemed in Jesus Christ. Not simply by him. In him. Secured, safe, provided for, payment fully made. And then that payment, God incessantly pours out upon me all the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Fully, completely, wonderfully. <laughs> See, these passages are saying a lot, aren't they? These things that we're reading are not something we can read over with a glance. They're worthy of a deep gaze and we'll never entirely understand it. These passages, this passage actually three times, possibly four, will reiterate that this truth and these realities are received by us by faith. When you really grasp what we're talking about, what Paul is revealing here, what God is revealing through Paul, then you understand that this faith is not just a sentimental notion. This faith is not just a, an emotional turning point for a second. This faith is not just an intellectual notion. This faith is a complete consigning of our life over to this truth because it's, it's so good. And it's against everything that's against us. And it overcomes all of our condemnation. It's not just, well, I, I think I'll believe this now. Yeah, that's how I'll approach life with that kind of... No. This faith is a settled thing where you cling to Him. It's not an expression of your strength. It's a faith that's an expression of your complete desperation. Without it, you just grab a hold of it. Because all the answer is there. All the answer is there. All the answer is there. And then the just live by faith. Because all the answer is there. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. That's the invitation you're giving to us, O oh God. That's the life that you're calling us to. Because of all that you've poured out for us so freely out of your graciousness. Because of the cost that was paid to redeem us and buy us back because of the rich overflow of the affections of our Lord Jesus Christ that you would shower upon us. In light of what we are without these things, broken, fallen, sinful, in a futile effort to prove ourselves and never being able to, a desperate, desperate life. And this is what you give us? Then give us a desperate, clinging faith. Help us to live in it every single day holding on to you, confident in you, laying all of our hopes in Jesus because by faith 
He's drawn us up into himself. Lord, may that be the moment and hour of faith for those who have yet understood it. Jesus is everything. His salvation is all. Nothing in my hands I bring. Only to thy cross I cling. We'll ask you, dear God, that you'd work that understanding thoroughly in our hearts. And for those who have believed in you and trust in you, but then somehow have turned back to some confidence in what they have become, and from some perch of acquisition, they've cast their judgments on others. Bring us back under the cross. Bring us back under your mercy and your grace. Help us to remember that you have not dealt with us according to our sins and teach us to deal with others as our Savior has. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. What a glorious day is coming for the true believer when we shall live forever in the blazing sun of God's perfect righteousness, having been perfected in Him. Now, before we sign off from this broadcast, I want to remind you of a ministry website that we've developed called TestYourTestimony.com. Our concern is that there are many in our churches that do not have a true born-again relationship with Jesus Christ through faith, and so they face the prospect of His rejection at the judgment seat on the last day. Our pity for these has made us develop a site where persons can apply the command of 2 Corinthians 13.5 to test themselves to see if they're in the faith to see if Christ is dwelling in them by faith. So please go to that site, testyourtestimony.com, and prayerfully consider someone else you can share this with. For now, I look forward to our next time together partaking of the bread of life. Till then, may God bless you.